Hey, what's up, guys? It's your good friend Jimbo. Today's episode is presented by Vayer. Vayer was founded with the goal of building an affordable, everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Vayer returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Vayer is a true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Vayer is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to VayerWatches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. And hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Um, sneaking an episode in. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it this week, but some time freed up for us, and here we are. Um, kind of a slow news week, but there's still some interesting things to talk about, some good, some you're not really that stupid topics, but... Uh, before we get into it, head over to Twitter, follow us there at ST Sports Podcast, as well as our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. Like and share, subscribe, all that stuff. And head over to staytunesports.net. You, you know, in case you forget our Twitter handles and all that, all that stuff's on there, plus um, the merchandise link for t-shirts and other other things like that. Um, before we get into the stories, I want to give a quick shout out to Scott Crump, our uh, iRacing race car driver for Erska pristine auction um he's in first place right now in the the chase for the championship two races left i didn't get to watch the talladega race live but i went back and watched it on tuesday and uh tell you what man a hell of a race by by all the races actually i mean you know everybody knows how talladega is in real life um i think they went a good 40 or 50 laps clean and once one crash happened before you know it was all over the place um even the last lap um scott was running in second or third i believe and came around the third turn uh second or third turn and got clipped and the whole field got taken out and luckily uh scott came in 11th place um moving him back up into first place he went into the race second place behind Josh Adams. Josh Adams had a little bit of a, a run-in in, uh, in the pits, uh, crashed there. Um, but next week, uh, they're at Martinsville. Martinsville? Martinsville uh, Speedway. And I think this race will be the defining moment to uh, really see who's, who's going to be the champion, even though there's an extra race after that one. Um, you could always head over to YouTube and type in uh, sim.tv and then just look for Erska Pristine Auction Racing and you can watch it there uh, every Monday night at 9.30 can root on the Stay Tuned Sports Car number 51 that's Scott Crump there so make sure you guys tune in there and I mean I, I tune in I'm, I'm kind of a junkie now I mean I'm, I'm not big into NASCAR but I actually have that 
the YouTube on my TV and sometimes Scott actually goes live on his Twitch channel which you're actually inside the car and um, it's quite interesting actually and you get to hear some of the, the racers talk and things of that nature but that's every Monday night at 9.30 on sim.tv over on YouTube so a couple um, feel good stories that happened this past week Um, being that the hockey playoffs are ongoing, let's, let, you know, let's start with the, the uh, hockey one. Oscar, uh, Oscar Lindblom of the Philadelphia Flyers has joined his teammates in the Toronto bubble. Um, kind of give a little recap of what happened, why this is such a big news. Back in December, he was diagnosed with. Ewing's sarcoma, which is a tumor that grows in the bones or in the tissue around the bones. I don't care what kind of cancer you got. Cancer scares shit. And in July, he actually, after chemo um, rounds and uh, you know things like that, he was declared cancer-free. Um, he, he, he was able to ring the the Liberty Bell at the hospital signaling that he's being released. And here it is two months, a uh, month and a half later, joining his team. And even the better part of the story, and I, you know, we talked about this back in July, just a few weeks after he was cleared of cancer, um, signed a three year, $9 million extension. He's an awesome player. You know, he's been up with the Flyers now. <clears throat> excuse me, for about two years. Um, I personally got to see him play every time the Lehigh Valley Phantoms came down to play uh, the Baby Pens, and I could see it then that at some point he would make it up there. I, I didn't think he was gonna be up there that quick, but hey, you know, it's a good story there. Um, he did say he's not given no timetable of when he wants to get back on the ice to playing games. I mean, he is practicing with the, the squad, and that's good. You know, even though the Flyers didn't play that well last night, Wednesday night, there's still enough talent on that team to step in until he's ready to come back. He's also up for. Um, the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy, which that award goes to uh, to a player that embodies qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to the game. And let's be honest, I mean, coming back from cancer, you're showing that you're persevering through all kinds of stress. You know, not you know, wondering if if you're going to be able to beat this thing. Um, every time you watch him play, he, he shows nothing but sportsmanship. You know, it, it's a good, good thing to, to see him back on the ice. And hopefully, if the Flyers could get past the Canadians and not play like how they played last night, um, I, I cannot see why he can't rejoin the team. You know, so I want to give a little tip of the hat to him there, and then. Our next feel-good story, Alex Smith. We talked a little bit about it last week, I believe, and it became official this past Sunday. 
that uh, the Washington football team, because I almost said the R word, has taken him off the pup list, which means he's able to practice with his his team. He's still somewhat limited, um, but I mean, Jesus, he he had 17 surgeries. There was even talk of him possibly losing his leg, and this is all two years after breaking his fibula and tibula in his right leg. I mean, even if he... Because there's, there's also talk, before I say what I was going to say, there's talk that he may be able to enter the whole quarterback competition that's going on with Haskins and the two other quarterbacks, I believe, that are, are there. The one guy, the one guy that he, they got from um, Carolina. But... Even if he doesn't win the starting job and wins the second string quarterback job, week one they should just give him the, the comeback player of the year award. I don't care who else is out there in the NFL to almost have your leg amputated. I mean, we saw this with that Bears tight end. Um, I want to say probably about three years ago. Kind of had a similar situation where they, they talked about possibly have to amputate his leg he never really came back I don't even think he actually even played after that and here's Alex Smith just roughly what a month away from the regular season and he's possibly going to be on the team possibly starting I mean that just shows the never give up attitude and he he was commenting on saying that they asked him you know what are you gaining out of this by proving that you could come back and he's he basically say he goes it's not i'm not proving trying to prove it to the writers i'm not trying to prove it to the teams i just want to come back and show my kids that listen no matter how tough things get don't ever give up because you never know if you could su- succeed in it by, you know, if, if you give up and, you know, if he gave up this whole journey of trying to make it back, he would would have never known if he could actually pull through this. Joe Theismann came out and said that he thought Alex Smith, uh, Alex Smith's injury actually was worse than jo- Joe Theismann and Joe Theismann's injury retired him. So, even though the Reds... Uh, not the R word. Not the R word. Um, the Washington football team is in the division. That player alone, I will be rooting for. If he's starting against Philly, I'll slightly root for him. You know, but when he's not playing Philly, I'll definitely be rooting for him. I'll hope that he puts up some yards. No touchdowns, though. We can't afford that. But it's good to see that he's... He's almost all the way there. And the thing I'm going to be curious to see is, and he, he did touch on this, how's his mobility? Can he be the same player he was before the injury? I mean, you know, he was no Tom Brady, but he wasn't also no Tim Tebow. You know, he, he was a, a serviceable quarterback. Let's see if he, if he can get back up there. So to Oscar Lindblom and Alex Smith, you know, kudos to you guys. Congratulations on, on working your guys, 
your your, your back to where you guys were from and what you guys had to go through. Now, this next story, kind of bringing back a little segment here, and hopefully soon I'll have like a little jingle to go to it, so that way I can break up a little, little bit of stories and not have them run in together with you, for you guys. But our You're Not Really That Stupid segment that I, I do every now and then. So earlier this week, <clears throat> Fernando Tatis Jr. of I think it was the Padres because I think it was the Padres versus the Rangers when this happened hit a grand slam putting his team up uh, 14 so like 14-3 or something like that like they were, they were destroying the Rangers in the top of the 7th and a lot of people took offense to that because it's an unwritten rule that when you're up that much you can't really, you know, swing it on a 3-0 pitch. What the hell, man? Like, shut the fuck up. This is baseball. Like, baseball is getting so pathetic anymore. I shouldn't even say it anymore. It's probably the past 10 years it's been showing how pathetic they're getting. So soft. I'll tell you what. If I was Fernando and my contract said, hey, if you hit... Well, here, I'll, I'll use this example, because with that home run, actually put him in the lead for home runs over Mike Trout. If I had something in my contract, an incentive in my contract saying, if you lead the league in home runs, we'll give you an extra $2.5 million. Well, you better make damn sure. I don't care if it's 3-0, 2-0, whatever. I'm trying to swing and, and smash that ball onto the top of the roof of the next building over, across the street. And I don't care who I piss off. I mean, it's a young kid. Not necessarily, you know, I'm not sure if he was doing this to make a name for himself, but hey, grand slams are hard to come by. Well, you know, one 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 run home runs, diamond dozen. Grand slams, they're tough because you need your team more than yourself for that to happen, obviously. And for the Rangers to get pissed off over it. And then plunk the next batter. One, to me, kind of shows how much of a crybaby team the Rangers are. And good for, for Fernando, because the next day, I believe they were still playing the Rangers, stole third base when they were up 5 nothing or whatever. They were beating them pretty bad again. It's baseball. You play the game to score as many points as you can. And these coaches, even even his coach was a little upset, Jace Tingler, because now Grant Tatis may have supposedly missed the, the 3-0, you know, don't don't swing at the pitch uh, sign. Take the pitch, you know. But again, I'm sorry if his contract says, hey, if you're leading a home run um, in the league at the end of the year, I'm going to, quote, miss the sign. The reason why Jace Tingler was a little upset was because this is the first year he's the manager of the San Diego Padres after coaching the Rangers for 13 years. You know, I just... And this is why I honestly think out of the top four major sports, NFL... 
Major League Baseball, hockey, basketball. Honestly, that's why I think baseball is the fourth one in the in the list. I think obviously NFL is number one. I think hockey is number two, especially with how they're handling this the COVID thing with the bubble and everything. Basketball, I think, is number three, and baseball is slowly becoming the further sport. And honestly, I think probably UFC, MMA is right there at five looking to overtake baseball will they i don't know i don't think so because they have some of their own drama guys coming off three losses oh yeah you get a championship bout stupid shit like that but baseball is so soft anymore joe kelly gets a oh you know here here's another story um trevor bauer was going to be starting the starting pitcher uh yesterday and he was gonna wear cleats one cleat had joe kelly on on the the side of it with the pouty face that he made and on the other cleat he had free joe kelly and major league baseball told him you wear them you will not play the game and you will be disciplined why over it, it was not offensive it was not racial it was not political it was nothing it was let's stop being soft basically to me they need to get Rob Manford out of there, get a commissioner in there that knows how to be a commissioner, and get baseball back to where it was fun again. But with that all being said, Texas Rangers, got one question for you. You know, I go that stupid, are you? And actually, kind of keeping with. Uh, you're really not that stupid segment. We have another stupid moron. Former Philadelphia Eagle linebacker Nigel Bradham. Don't know if you guys saw this. Um, Saints signed him this past week, weekend. And he was quoted in saying that it's definitely a different type of environment, a different culture because the last two organizations, let me stop for a second here, the last two organizations were Philadelphia Eagles, Buffalo Bills. I went to wasn't really a winning organization. Really wasn't a winning organization. What did Philadelphia do just in the past two years? 2017? 18? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we won the Super Bowl. But we're not a winning organization. So obviously, a lot of fans, a lot of Eagles fans got on them about the, the statement. And to keep going with, with the statement, he also stated, so when you come to a place where it's known for winning and known for being in the postseason, you see the different type of culture that they have and the different type of ex expectations that they have naturally and what they expect out of you as a player. What has the Saints won recently? Uh, let's, let's even go five years, 10 years. Yeah, nothing. They got bounced out by the Minnesota Vikings uh, past, what, two years, three years? They can't get out of their own way. They have a crybaby receiver. Yeah, I'm always getting held. Shut the frick up. The only player on that team that I respect is Drew Brees. So after all these, these statements came out, um, John Clark of NBC Sports Philadelphia was able to get in contact with Bradham 
And boy, oh boy, he backpedaled so quick on that statement. He said he meant no offense to the organization he actually won with, but he didn't find it that way when he arrived in 2016. He said that after the unfortunate Chip Kelly area. Now, 2016 was when Peterson was hired and brought in, and Bradham was Peterson's first free agent class. First year under Peterson, we didn't make the playoffs. Um, I think it was like, what, 7-9 and nine or something like that. But then the following year is when we won the Super Bowl. He said, uh, Bradham said about Peterson, we built that atmosphere of winning with Coach Peterson and I was the first free agency class he had. I love Philadelphia always and forever. Maybe you should watch what you say. Because the way that came across, and you know, let me kind of defend the Buffalo Bills too. They won the division uh, last year, I, I kind of think. Definitely made the playoffs. I mean, if you make the playoffs, you should be considered a winning organization. Past two, three years, ever since you know Josh Allen kind of took over and um, those wide receivers and the defenses that they've produced the past few years, that's a winning organization. It's not the Patriots. I'm not trying to say that, but they're also not two and fourteen or. The Cincinnati Bengals or you know any other crap team they're a winning organization now so Mr. Nigel Bradham one question for you you're not really that stupid are you because I really think you are past week NFL training camps opened up and like most of every year within the first few days major injuries start coming through um, Dallas Cowboys free agent signing Gerald McCoy in the offseason tore his quad. They ended up releasing him with a injury settlement. Um, at first, you know, I thought that was a big loss, but they did sign uh, Everson uh, Griffin from the Vikings. So, I mean, yeah, they, they lost McCoy, who's a, a good player, but they are definitely deep on the front line there but some other major players that have gotten injured whether it be serious or semi-serious um, just today Thursday Tyreek Hill was forced to leave practice for the Chiefs due to a hamstring a hamstring injury and now AJ Green was another one for the Bengals and we know how these hamstring injuries linger for these wide receivers Especially AJ Green. Honestly, I mean AJ Green is to the point for me that just retire. I mean he, he's a good player, but he can't stay healthy anymore. He's older. I mean yeah, when, when he's healthy, he's, he's a top five receiver, but he can't stay healthy. So what's the point? Now you got a rookie quarterback coming in. I would much rather Burrow get used to the younger receivers that he's going to be with for 10, 15 years, hopefully for the Bengals, than a wide receiver that's going to play maybe f six games this year and be gone after this year. Um, some other players, Denver Broncos rookie KJ Hamler, now a few weeks, the same thing, hamstring. That's a big loss, I think, 
because I actually want Philly to draft him right before the Broncos and he's a hell of a returner and he has a lot of speed and now Denver is trying to put a track track field together basically out there and he was a quick one now he may bounce back and not have any problems with this but like I just said hamstring injuries are hard to get rid of they linger and then San Fran had receiver J uh, Jalen Hurd towards ACL so he's out for the year as far as Philly, Philly fans, calm down. Miles Sanders, honestly, they said week to week, but nothing to worry about. I think this is more, and I agree with some of the writers, that they believe this is more of a uh, take a cautious approach. It's not as significant as it may sound. Um, Derek Barnett, this is a big year for him. He's on the, the, the fifth-year option now, and he got hurt. He needs a big year if he wants to resign with Philly or even get a decent contract in free agency. He's a former first-round draft pick. He plays well, but can't keep getting hurt, buddy. And then um, our D-tackle, uh, Hargrave, that we signed away from Pittsburgh, is out multiple weeks with a tricep injury. I think it was a, it was an upper body, like an arm or something. Uh, but definitely upper body. I think that is big because it's a big body. Now we may be forced to put Fletcher Cox out there a little bit longer than need it instead of rotating them a little bit better. But we'll see if we could bounce back. Now, I didn't see anything yet about the Jaguars trading um, their star defensive end. There was rumors floating around that he would get traded either last night or today. And the rumor is the Jets are the leading candidate for him. I don't think Philly's going to trade for him because come next year, we, we're going to have no space, cap space, to sign him to a long-term uh, long deal. So that's all the football news that I really saw. Um, UFC news. And it's kind of funny I, I saw this. So UFC 252 was last weekend. Uh, Daniel Cromier versus Stipe Miocic. At the time, it was being rumored most likely Cromier's last fight. He was talking about retirement. He's been talking about retirement. Um, I believe he wanted to retire this past March. But then the pandemic hit and kept putting it off. Lost to Stipe uh, in, in the second match so he wanted the rematch got the rematch ended up losing by decision and it was a good fight but he just Chromie just looked off and maybe it was already in his head that you know I'm done I'm, I'm retiring kind of mentally checked out a little bit but very next day his adversary John Jones well Monday actually two days later John Jones tweeted out that he's vacating the light heavyweight title that he's nearly held for a decade if not more I mean honestly let's it's probably more than, it feels like it's more than 10 years but off and on you know he had the, the positive tests he had the the felony charges that made them strip him of the belt but he he wrote it's officially up for grabs it's been an amazing journey sincere thank you to all my competition UFC and most importantly you fans he also tweeted out, just had a really positive conversation with the UFC. 
Sounds like there will be negotiations for my next fight at heavyweight. All good news, the weight gaining process begins. Now let's not forget the past month or so, John Jones and Dana White have been arguing over Twitter about money and about where he goes as far as light uh, heavyweight or heavyweight and sounds like Jones is going to get what he wants um, nothing is official about his opponent yet but Dana White has said that he will not jump over Francis Nagano that one is going to be Stiepe versus Francis Nagano too which begs the question when, when Dana White did say that everybody starts saying okay well what about Derek Lewis or I don't think they said they want Curtis Blades, but Derek Lewis was a name. A couple hours later, Derek Lewis is fighting Curtis Blades. Uh, September, I believe it is. September 12th. And now, you know, if you're playing matchmaking, who you know, who do you do? Obviously, you would want to do Stiepe to get, try to get Jones the belt. Honestly, I don't think that's right. Never thought that was right. Even with Conor McGregor, I don't think, especially with how he does shit, fight at 170, which he seems like it's it's a better weight class for himself to get a title fight at 155. I don't think that's how it should work. Um, Derek Lewis or Francis Nagano would have been an interesting fight. Nagano would have been a really good fight, I think, to see how Jones could do. But one name that never thought about, just because he hasn't fought in a couple years, was Brock Lesnar. Now, let's not forget, when Jones first started talking about moving up to heavyweight, him and Lesnar kind of took jabs at each other. I believe Lesnar is still in... Or no, he, Lesnar did leave the, the anti-doping uh, pool... And how that goes, because to go on top of what Jones said about staying in the uh, U.S. anti-doping agency pool um, for the next half year or so, if he, if Jones were to leave, he's signifying that he's either not going to fight for UFC anymore or he's going to retire. And if he decided to come back, he would have to re-enter it and be subjected to drug testing for the next six months. Now, this, this would be perfect time. If they could hammer out the deal now, for Jones versus Lesnar it would give Lesnar six months to show he's clean give Jones six months to get that weight up and then train with that weight on <clears throat> granted I think Lesnar would get mauled just cause ever since that stomach issue that he had he's not the same fighter would it be a big draw for, for UFC? oh yeah hell yeah you got Brock Lesnar, the biggest name in WWE and UFC, and you got John Jones, who is, quote, the GOAT of light heavyweight. So I, I think they would definitely pull, they probably pull in more numbers than Conor McGregor and Habib. Also, on the flip side, all it takes is one, one punch of Brock Lesnar and your lights out. So, I think we'll see something over the next couple weeks 
of who John Jones will be fighting. And I'll, I'll be. You gotta give him a top five guy. You can't give him a top ten because he'll just maul them. You know what? How about this? Um, Alex and Al Alexander Gustafsson at heavyweight. They did it twice in, in light heavyweight. First match was probably the toughest fight I ever saw John Jones do. Lost the second time to John Jones, but maybe heavyweight might be a little bit better. You know, maybe you give give him. Even though Gustafson lost his last fight. I had to take a drink real quick. Um, so like I did say, UFC 252 was last weekend. Talked about CFA and Cromier. I want to say to Cromier though, um, hell of a career dude. You know, I even like you as a commentator. Could be cheesy sometimes, but I understand you got to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Can't have all serious commentators. Um, before them was Marlon Vera versus Sean O'Malley. Now, y'all know I've been behind Sean O'Malley. He lost uh, TKO due to punches and elbows. But how those punches and elbows came about was O'Malley suffered a leg injury, the same leg that he injured couple fights ago against I forget the guy's name he doesn't fight in UFC no more but I think what it shows with this fight and what happened was he was you know doing his leg kicks and Vera was chopping at the same leg and when O'Malley went to do a feint he rolled his foot which a lot of people were saying they think the nerve may have been numbed and when he rolled his foot, that was it. Vera took him down and just smashed him left and right. Not taking anything away from Vera. I mean, hey, he did what he had to do. You know, um, I know a lot of fans are, a lot of O'Malley fans are trying to say, well, he was injured, so it's not a fair win. Listen, it wasn't like, you know, he cheap shot him and, and you know, made a controversial win a win you know the way Vera won he won man and my hat's off to him but for Sean O'Malley where do you go here you know he's still a talented fighter I'm not saying you know the, the O'Malley haters are saying the hype train's done not after one fight now if he loses again okay now there's gonna be some red flags I mean there's red flags now about his health but I think how he can get rid of that red flag, he, he's got to move up. Got to put weight on. Um, and uh, I can't remember if it was a UFC fighter um, being interviewed about it or if was, um, one of the other MMA podcasts we're talking about. Can't go all out with every leg kick. You got to watch what you do because eventually you're going to wear yourself out before your opponent's worn out. And that's what happened here. Um, every fight he goes hard and and it's admirable it is but you gotta be smart you look at Justin Gaethje he learned he can't brawl every fight he's gotta pick and choose his times to punch and where's he at now he's at a unification championship bout with Habib so either he, O'Malley's gotta scale back the power he puts behind some of these kicks or move up and maybe a little bit of extra weight helps 
um, helps w with the injuries. The other fight that uh, I want to talk about is the Rosenstruck versus Junior Dos Santos. Santos lost second round due to punches. Listen, I like Santos. It's, it's time, dude. Hang him up. You're only getting every fight now is like this, and it's it's a big fall from uh, from grace. You know, former champion to be going out like this. So. If he really wants to fight one more time, if I'm Dana White, I'm sitting down like, listen, I'll put you one more fight. That's it, though. This is your retirement fight. But Rose Rosenstruck, he's a he's a beast. Going to be interested to, to see who who he gets next. And also earlier uh, this week, we got Araya Hall versus Anderson Silva announced. Um, I believe that's September as well maybe late September possibly Anderson Silva's last fight he only has two fights left on his contract but just like Dos Santos Silva is up there in age I think it's time to call it um, I did live tweet last week and got a little bit of interaction with you guys so I appreciate that um, as far as this week with uh, any UFC fights um, there is one. It's UFC Fight Night. Frankie Edgar versus Munoz. St. Prue versus Menefield. Procino versus Rodriguez. Dobson versus Agapova. Rodriguez versus Sato. Not sure if I'm going to be live tweeting that one. Um, that is sad. So maybe I'll jump. I'll try to jump on and, and live tweet with you guys. But uh, you know, I'll get my picks then instead of giving it right now. So, in case you guys do want to interact with me on Twitter, head over there, ST Sports Podcast. Head over to Facebook, like our page there, and share it to all your friends and family. Head over to YouTube, subscribe there, um, and head over to StayTunedSports.net. In case you forget it, it's going to be in the show notes of what to click. And all the, the social links are there as well. So until next week, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.